to share something that I've, I've had from God recently. I've, I was really encouraged in the worship this morning, actually, when um, when Lydia prayed, she was you know, praying about thanks for things in the year of the gone, but then looking at the year ahead and saying, I have no idea what to expect. And I think it was the Sunday before Christmas where we met together. God really spoke to me during, I, I shared a word during the worship then of, of God saying to us as a church, you think you know how this goes. As, as we looked at the year ahead, you think you know how this goes, but you have no idea. You have no idea. And so sort of coming out of that, um, when I was be- being a very good Christian and reading my Bible, as I do, um, God just really spoke to me through a passage for, for us as a church. And so I just wanted to share that with you to encourage you and perhaps challenge you this morning. Um, the passage God spoke to me from is in Luke chapter 5. And it's verses 1 to 11. And it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in another boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. And God really spoke to me as I was reading that passage. You see, it says just before that little section that Jesus had been going around teaching people in the synagogues and he's now moved out and he was teaching people from a boat and a lake and I don't know if you remember I think it was last time Tim Anderson from Plumline our sort of family in churches came to spoke to us he was talking about that challenge actually as church to come out of the synagogues and go and be teaching and doing where the people are where the people are gathered and I thought it was kind of a picture, a bit of, of what we've been doing as a church over the last couple of years. We've, we've kind of stepped out of our synagogue, as it were. Jesus saw two boats and he chose one and said, can I borrow this boat? He asked Simon whose boat it was, can I go out in your boat to teach? And I felt like God saying, that's like what you've done. We were in Unit 11 meeting in, in our synagogue, for want of a better word, and we've moved out here to the stable, to try and be where the people are on the high street, to try and reach people. We've been doing that for a time in in this borrowed boat. 
we've done that because like Jesus, we want to be able to reach the crowds, to reach the people. And then I feel there's a challenge for us from God on what to do next. You see, when he says to to Simon, go out into deeper water and put down your nets. And Simon's saying, well, Lord, we've been fishing all night, all night long. And, you know, as I look around at, at our church this morning, and I look around, I see faithful fishermen who've been fishing a long time. I, I see, well, I see the worship team this morning, those guys in the worship team who have served faithfully in bringing us into God's presence, in encouraging us, in, in drawing us to see God's glory, God's goodness, God's love. They've served faithfully in that way. I, I see amongst us today, I see people in the prayer impact team who, how many years is it now, Taylor, that you've, four years they've been going. It doesn't seem like four years since you first came to us with that heart, but the impact team who have faithfully gone out Saturday after Saturday to be amongst the people, to share something of God's love in their offering for praying for people. I, I see kids workers amongst us. In fact, I don't know if I do actually, because most of them are actually out with it. I see some kids workers with us who have invested time and love and care into our young people to teach them about God, to bring them, to make them feel welcome and part of the church. I, I see people who serve the tea and coffees, who I see Linda who comes along every week bringing the next batch of coffee, the next batch of marshmallows in order to bless people, to make them feel welcome. The set-up team who come along week in, week out to set out the chairs for us. I see faithful fishermen who've worked hard. And I think I have to be honest and say perhaps we a bit like Simon sometimes feel I have worked hard all night and I'm tired. It's hard work. We've stepped out of our comfort zone in coming out of our old building and coming here. We're, we're taking on new challenges. We've And we can feel tired. But God said to Simon, go out into deep water and let down your nets. And Simon's response was to say, okay, I've been working all night and I haven't caught anything. But God, because you say so, I will do it. I will do it. And I believe that's God's challenge to us. We've been serving faithfully. We've been reaching out to people. And I believe God's saying, will you go out into deep water? And will you let down your nets? And the exciting bit in that, if you look at them, what happens with with Simon and his friends, they put down their nets and the catch is overwhelming to the extent that they it's breaking their nets. They don't have the capacity for the catch that God brings them. They have to call in their friends to come and help them. And church, wouldn't it be such a blessing if as we faithfully put out our nets again this year, that actually we are overwhelmed by the people that come to us? If we, if make lunch could be overbooked so that we have to go to the other churches in town and say, hey, can you come and help us? Because we need to run it another day because we've got too many young people. If the impact team had had a queue down the high street to want to be prayed for, and they're saying, we need more people to come and pray because we can't get it all. Wouldn't that be amazing? And I'm I'm not, I don't want to talk necessarily about numbers of people or anything like that, because I think it's about us, God, filling our hands to the point where saying, God, this is more than I can handle, God. 
I, I need to get other people in, whether it's other people within the church to draw alongside us or whether it is working with people from other churches, drawing them in alongside us. I believe that's God's word to us for this year. Church, will you go out into deep water? Will you put down your nets again and have faith that as we put down our nets, God is going to give us more than we can handle, but he's going to put the people around us to help us carry that load. Amen. Amen. So I hope that encourages you. Tony's going to follow on from that. So I will now hand over to him. Shall I just pray for you, Tony? Mm, please do. Yeah. Do so, because you, you have lurgy, I believe. Yes, so do it sideways. Sideways, <laughs> from a distance. Keep the front row clear. Father God, I, I want to thank you that I, I know Tony's been hearing from you and wants to encourage us as, as we tackle this new, as we face this new year as well, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through him this morning, that you would bless him in what he brings to us. You would guide his words. Father, that, that you would bring him healing as he speaks, that, that sickness would not hinder the clarity of what he wants to share with us this morning. And I pray, Lord God, that you would open our hearts to see things your way, to hear your word to us in what Tony has to share. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Claire. Thank you very much. Do you want to remove your notes and I'll stick mine on there? Ooh, 2019. Can you believe it? I, I was saying, I was saying to David the other day, you know, it's like 2001. When I was a kid, I went to see a film called 2001. That film came out in 1968. Some of us still remember. And I was thinking, 2001? 2001? No way I'll be, and, and even then I struggled talking to David to work out how old I would have been and was in 2001. And here we are in 2019. It's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. Please, just just keep all that Claire has just said, because this is a double act. God has done a double act on us this week, um, because I want to bring a word as well. Uh, and it's a foundational word, but it's not a new foundational word. It's the foundational word we've always had as a church. But as we look around 2019, what do you see? Do you see a world that's that's great and full of promise and hope? Or do you see a world that actually really needs some healing? Do you see a nation that really needs some healing? Do you see other nations, great nations, that need healing? Do you know, in our nation, the division is all about Brexit and still is about Brexit. And will it happen? Won't it happen? I'm not going to get into the politics, but what a mess we're in. In the US, strongest nation in the world, so people would say, and the mess that they've got going on there. You know, isn't it? We might want to celebrate the fact that so many people, so many women have been elected into Congress, young women elected into Congress, and yet all there is is, is just hate and derision on Facebook for them. You know, the youngest woman ever to be elected, and, and what do they do? Post a video that she danced at college. Well, I hope she would have danced at college. <laughs> but this is the world we're in. What a mess. Don't you think that we need some healing? Don't you think that we need some something to change in our world? And even for us as individuals, there are times when we need healing. There are times when we need restoration. There are times when we need something to change in our lives. And maybe over the past year, something has changed for you. Maybe you've received some healing, not necessarily physical, maybe spiritual, maybe mental and emotional, um, any of those things. 
So I wanted to bring this this word to you because God reminded me of it. Um, and then when I looked at it, I thought, yes, this is the word that you want to bring. So I'll just read it. It's Isaiah 61, first few verses. If you've got one of the blue Bibles, it's on page 748. It's it's a, a scripture you will know. It's a scripture, if you're part of, of New Market Community Church, you will know. If you were one of the founding members of New Market Community Church, you will definitely know because this was a word that was given to us right at the very start. These are our roots, okay? This is our DNA, and I'll explain that a little bit more in a moment. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's a word that was given to this church when it was founded. And whenever people have spoken to me about that time, they've said they've always highlighted that last bit of that last verse. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And we were planted out beginning of 1984 as New Market Christian Life Fellowship. But it's come back to me now at this time again because it's about who we are who we were called to be, who we were set up and sent out from Islam to this place to be. And I thought, do we need to hear it again? So God confirmed it for me. Um, this week, uh, earlier this week, I went off with Tim Anderson um, to go and, and, and meet with some guys in another church up, in, up on the Norfolk coast. Uh, and as I got there, this guy said, oh, new markets. Yeah, you were planted out by, by Tom Chipper, weren't you? Yeah, did you, did you notice? Oh, yes, I know Tom. In fact, Audrey's coming to preach next week. Whoa. He did say, and, 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 and let, let's, let's pray for this. He did say, and she said it'll probably be her last time. Audrey and Tom, you know, Tom departed to be with the Lord. Audrey's still with us. But what a legacy. What a legacy they have. And then he said, wasn't, wasn't Kevin Crane pastor? I said, yes, he was before me. And then there was a gap. He said, I led Kevin to the Lord. <laughs> really? He said, yeah, actually, he was best man at my wedding. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, and then he talked about, and we talked about their children, Emily and Joe. And it was just so much a time of family. These people are family with us. And as we talked about their church, we've gone up to kind of just share some things with their leadership and hear from them, this whole vision of how do we do small town, market town church in the, in the east and looking to connect with others that are doing things well uh, and also to share and strengthen each other. You know, I could see just in, in, in the, the physicality of the way they'd built their building and set it up and everything, 
Just in that, there were so many values that we share as family together. And then Tim said, I just want to share a word with you, and it's something that I see that is part of our mission, and I didn't know he was going to do this, and he shared those first few verses of Isaiah 61. So I thought, yeah, God has got something interesting for us here. This is, he wants to remind us, he wants to bring us back to who we are, what we're called to do. And so I started thinking a bit more about us as a church, um, and all of the different things that we've been involved in, not just in my time, but before as well, and how that underlines that scripture, and how that scripture has fed into who we are as a people. And if we think about some of the the kind of public ministries that we've had, both at home and also abroad, and some of the mission things that we've that we've given into, that um, some of you have given of your families into, and we've given into financially and in in caring for these people as well. So you know, Miriam and her work in, in Cambodia and Afghanistan, uh, and now with Ben in, in Vietnam, to care for those oppressed people, to look out for those who, you know, who are, are brokenhearted, who are captives in some ways, in some ways in, in darkness. Um, you know, those, those trafficked and abused young people and women uh, and others who, who are just totally sidelined. Uh, in Vietnam. And, you know, if you want to see what that's like, go and visit them. They'd love to see you, but it will change your heart deeply. Emily Crane's work with children in New York. Again, marginalized kids who were in the, in, in the projects, as they were called, uh, and, you know, in, in the kind of deprived areas. And yet she went to meet with them and bring them a message of hope and good news and minister to them. And we see now um, you know, a new friend, a new member of the church, Julianne, who's looking to you know, her growing call out to Brazil to similar kinds of kids, similar kinds of families. So many of those things in the Isaiah passage is in there. It's in us. It's our heart. It's our calling. It is our shared DNA. What's happened in town? You know, we, we've been part of, not completely us entirely, but part of setting up something like Open Doors. You know, prisoners who have been released, most of them, many of them are, are people who've come out from care or from prison or other things, and they've got nowhere to live, young people, to care for them, to bring something to them. The town pastors, we, we're still quite a big part of town pastors. Town pastors on, on New Year's Eve was quite a bit of NCC involved in that. It's really good, and, and you know, that, that's not us alone. Again, we're working with our friends. We're, you know, come and help us with these nets. We are doing that. The impact team, thank you for reminding us. That's what I'm saying. Remember what Claire said. Impact team, to, you know, going out to minister to people on the street. Those, you know, come and have some prayer for whatever. You know, what, what do you want prayer for? We'll pray for you. Healing, you know, deliverance. Just pray for, for jobs. Some people, I, I desperately need a job. Praying for those things. Cap money, we've done in the past. Cap money, we're going to do again. Make lunch, all of those things. And maybe God has, is saying now, yeah, gird up your loins. Get your nets back out there because there's a bigger catch I want you to have. Thank you, Claire, for, for encouraging us. It feels like maybe we've fished for a long time. 35 years we've been fishing as a fellowship. But there's more. There is more to come. And then I started thinking about some of the private things that go on. 
Because, you know, those are all public things that we do, but there's so much that happens within the fellowship that we don't see, that all of us don't see everything of. Um, the, the kind of outside contacts that we have, individually, maybe through, you know, through us as leaders, maybe through you as church members, the one-off visitors that have come, even just the time I've been here, the one-off visitors that have come, and just been here at the right point in time for them, for either God to speak to them, as, as Taya shared a message just a few weeks ago uh, for a lady who, who was struggling to have a family, uh, and others that have just come and we've ministered to just for that moment. Some people who have brought through with us, and they've stayed with us for a while, maybe a year, maybe a couple of years, because they've needed some restoration. They've needed some healing. They've needed some of those things. They've needed to, to, to receive an oil of gladness instead of being those who are in mourning. And we've seen some people like that as well. And all of these things are about this, this kind of pastoral care thing which happens around that you don't always see. You don't always know what's going on. But it's there. It's there and it's happening. And I just listed a few things of, of the things that I know about of, of people who had visited for a while, for a short while, come and gone. We've seen them once or whatever. And, and you know, we, we've, we've been able to minister to people over issues like alcohol abuse, over their marriages being in crisis, people who have had hurts, who needed to come and just be restored and healed before going back out into battle again. People who've survived abuse of all different kinds. Those are just some of the themes that have happened within, you know, with our, within our, our, just within the life of, of NCC over the years. And you may be thinking of other things as well that you've been involved in because it is as a body we've been doing these things. And then there's been some project support. That, that has come out of our heart, and again, those heart things that are in that, that foundational word. Uh, and, you know, some of us are involved with compassion in sponsoring children, aren't we? And I forget how many children are being sponsored at the moment. Is it, John, do you know, is it over 20? Is it 30? And we've got, we're, we're going to have another Compassion Sunday this year again, because that is just so much at the heart of who we are as a fellowship to be able to, to support others who are, are in those different situations. Hagar, obviously through Miriam as, as she worked with Hagar, and I know John has had a lot to do with Hagar over the years, but, but you know, we've supported that as a project to, to minister to, to women and children in particular in, in those kind of abusive, trafficking, downtrodden situations around the world. Operation Christmas Child. Is, is it wrong to be proud of something that's good? I don't know. Um, I was in a church recently uh, in town, and we did double their number of boxes. <laughs> and you think, we're only little NCC, and they're a big church. And we did double their number of boxes. Do you, if I, I'm not proud. I'm encouraged. <laughs> And I want to encourage you because that is our heart, isn't it? You know, and we, we have this mad afternoon where we just come and throw wrapping paper and tape around and, and stick things in boxes and wrap them all up and so they look nice and shiny and wonderful and, and then somebody has to come and collect them a few days later. And this is a huge stack of shoe boxes. And we've had a great time doing it, but actually we've been pouring out our heart when we do that, the heart that is in this fellowship. 
I really want to encourage you. I really do to get hold of that word because it describes who we are. So many of those things in that scripture are, if you like, they're written into our DNA. At the very birth of this church, God said those things. Now, you might say, well, this is clearly what any church should be about because this is what Jesus stood up and read from scriptures and said, today, this scripture has come true in your sight. And, of course, he was talking about he was the Messiah. He was the one upon whom the spirit of the sovereign Lord had come and anointed to preach the good news to the poor and all of those things. But it's also about us. We, the church, if we are truly the body of Jesus, if we are truly filled with his spirit, then that now is us. You know, I hate to call it our job, but that that now is our job, that now is our role. But it's God's heart in that that the rest of those verses start to kind of unfold. It just seemed to me that there's an exchange going on. People are coming. People, you know, we're, we're inviting people to come. We're going out to people to see some of this exchange happening. That those whose hearts are broken, we want to be there to bind up that broken heart. We want to be there in, in the, the strength and love and compassion of God to bind up that broken heart, to give them that, that big Father God hug and hold it. You know, sometimes you can give a hug and it's a quickie. Give them that Father God hug and just hold it while, while God's love just, just permeates in, permeates in. There are some who are captive and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're in a physical prison, but they're in an emotional prison. Maybe they're in a, a spiritual kind of prison. You know, and, 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 and their life isn't free. But God has freedom for them. And we want to be those people who can bring that freedom. Whether that's freedom from, from alcohol or, or, or drug abuse, whether that's freedom from um, oppression, spiritual oppression, And that is the next thing, release from darkness. You know, God wants to bring release from darkness. And he's asked us to be his agents to do that. And we've seen people come into our midst. And we've seen God start to remove the darkness from their lives. And he is still doing that. He is still doing that. To comfort those who mourn. So those are some of the hardest things to do, actually. You could be mourning for a number of things. You could be mourning for any kind of loss, not just loss of a loved one or loss of a friend. You could be mourning for loss of loss of a job, loss of, of any of those things, loss of a role, loss of all kinds of stuff. And God is saying, you're going to be those who will comfort those. Two years ago, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, and thank you, David, for being my wingman and being there with me, was to actually conduct the funeral service for a young woman who'd taken her own life. And we were asked by a friend of the church, would you come and do that? Well, yes, of course I will. God, I need you in that. I really don't know how to do that. But wouldn't you want to comfort that kind of person, comfort someone who mourns? Here's the one which I, the two, in fact, which I, I just really got excited about. 
a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Do you know, if some people come around into our lives and, and it's like they're wearing ashes. They're wearing ashes. Something in their life has, has gone or been destroyed or been repressed by the enemy. And, and, and it kind of, it, it's around them. And you can see it's around them. Boy, has our God got something great for them. If that's you, has our God got something great for you? He wants to put a crown, you know, a crown of, of, of beauty. Not, not, he doesn't want you to feel like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're gray uh, and you're covered in, in, in burnt up ashes and, and, and your life is washed up in a mess. No. He says that, do you know what? In, in, in my son, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. What an amazing transaction that God wants to do. And he's called you. He's called us to do that. I don't know if people come along to, to make lunch, and some of them, because we're inviting people who are in, in difficult and poor circumstances. Maybe they feel depressed about so many different things. But do you know what? What we have for them is that crown of beauty. They are worthwhile. They are valued. God values them. We value them. As town pastors, we go out onto the street and we see all kinds of people in all kinds of situations, but our motivation is God loves them and he wants to transform whatever mess there is afflicting them into this this crown of beauty. And here's the next one, this oil of gladness instead of mourning. And, you know, that again, that's another incredible transaction. That somebody who is, is, is weighed down by, by a, a cloud of mourning uh, and, and struggle, that actually God wants to, wants to anoint them. Wants to, and when we anoint people, we pour oil all over them. God wants to pour that oil of gladness all over their lives. It was another encouragement we had. We went along to um, C3 last Sunday, to the evening service, because we were decorating in the morning. Uh, and we went along to the evenings, the, the late afternoon service. And number one, it felt odd going somewhere else to church. It felt odd going somewhere else to church. And I felt, oh, I'm not sure this is right, actually. If I can go to church there in the evening, perhaps we should have gone to church with us in the evening. So there's something going off in me there. But we got there, and they had an anointing service. I thought, oh, hang on. And they wanted to anoint anybody who wanted to be anointed for this coming year. And I thought, thank you, God. Thank you. Last year, at the end of April, um, I was in Nigeria. And one of the churches we visited, they had an anointing service. And I was anointed there. And I thought, this is good. Hey, hang on. Something. I, they asked me to anoint people in their congregation. And I'm thinking, what, me? What little me? Yeah, go on, do it. <laughs> That's having been deafened by the speakers, hardly understanding what they were asking me to do. I, I went and did that. But, but they anointed us first. I just felt so blessed. And again, at C3, that was a really good thing. And, and um, it was actually Angie Campbell came over to Jan and I, and she said, is there anything you want? Yeah, can you just anoint us for leadership of our church? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but we also bumped into somebody else, a friend from... 15 years ago there, at least 15, if not more years ago, a young woman who'd been in our church, our last church. 
And we were chatting, and it was really kind of nice to make a, a, a reconnection. And then she said, do you know what? I remember when you said, do you know, just a little thing. Just a little thing. And she said, I remember when you said, and that stayed with me, and that's encouraged me. And she'd been on one of those journeys, you know, we all have, but that stayed with me. And I thought, well, thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. That just the little things we can do in these areas. We may only have a small role, but it encourages you. So that was an encouragement as well. But here's this last one. Look at this. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Is there despair in our nation today? (laughs) I think so. You know, the Brexiteers can't get what they want. The Remainers can't get what they want. The people in the middle ground can't get what they want. There's despair in that. Did anybody watch our I um, Thingy Blake the other night on the television? Daniel, but I, did anybody watch I, Daniel Blake on the television? Okay, it was on BBC. I've recorded it, so it will be on iPlayer. If you want to know about some of the despair there is in our nation over this whole issue of how we care for the most vulnerable, I'm told we need to watch that. I'm told we need to watch it. Some of us have actually had to support and help people in those situations, so we know anyway. But, do you know what? Watch that. Forget the politics. Watch and see what real people in our nation, in your town, are going through right now. There is despair in our nation. More and more people are needing to go to food banks. More and more people are struggling financially. More and more people are struggling to keep things together in their lives. There is despair. But do you know what? God says, I've got a garment of praise for you guys. Do you remember the video we showed for CAP? Did anybody watch the program that there was on CAP, on on Christians Against Poverty? Yes, on the television. Did you see the change in those people from despair to gladness, from despair to praise? It's, It's incredible. Do you know, something has changed in our nation and we're kind of like not just allowed to introduce people to God and to Jesus while we're helping them physically, but we are trumpeted as we do it. It's incredible. Chief constables uh, and police and crime commissioners say, these guys go out on the street and they pray and it works. Can you imagine 20 years ago asking councils and police for money to go out and pray on the streets? Something big has changed. And it's the same with Christians Against Poverty. Read the books that they've published. Look at the videos online. You know, they, they are there to help people through most awful, desperate situations. And it's not unusual for them to, to hear stories of, I was going to take my own life because it was the only way forward. And then to turn that into, but now they've helped me with my finances, but I've come to know people who love me. And I've come to know a God who loves me as well. That garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And it's almost like that last line. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord for the display of his splendor is almost a a throwaway line at the end. 
Because that's the result of those things. It's not, I'm going to plant you and you're going to be seen as an oak of righteousness, you know, a display for the Lord. It's actually, this stuff's going to happen. And then, and that is what we're seeing now. People, you know, in, in the secular world are saying, yeah, churches, look at what they're doing. Christians, look at what they're doing. So I wanted to encourage you with that. This is who we are. This is who we are as a church. This is who we were planted out to be. That DNA is in us. It's also in others across this, this, across the nation, certainly across this part of the nation. There is like an undercurrent of what God has planted out in the past. And now things are beginning to pop up and have been popping up over the years of the fruit of what's going on in that way. The grand summary, if you like, of that scripture, of what we're called to be, uh, as well as what we're called to do, but it's about being these things right from the very start, is that we are those who can bring healing. We are those who can bring restoration. We are those who can bring hope into so many different situations. And that healing is spiritual. That healing is emotional. That healing is physical. It's all of those kinds of things. And just as, as we close, have you got, yes, good. Mel, if you could come up with your team. Just as we close, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to all of these things and to what Claire has said as well. And there's three ways you can respond. As we sing, you can respond by celebrating. You can celebrate the ministries of the past. You can celebrate the ministries of the present and the things that God is going to call us to in the future. And I'm convinced, without doubt, they're going to have this same thread running through them. Because God has created us and called us out and sent us out to be these kinds of people. You can give thanksgiving. And you can give thanksgiving. Maybe you have had some of your mourning turned into dancing this past year. Maybe God has has touched your life or life of a friend or family member this year to create a change in your situation, in their situation. Maybe that's happened. Let's give thanks for that. Let's give thanks for those things because, you know, this is what God does. This is what being in his family, this is what being part of, of that is about. So maybe you can give some thanks for what you've received or what you've seen God move in. This year, If you want to come to the front and, and, and pray together for that, then you can do that too. But also, and, and one of the things that I really wanted to do was offer an opportunity. If there's something that you have not seen God move on your life in, let's pray. Let's pray for some freedom. Let's pray for some release, for comfort. Let's pray for that crown of beauty on you on your life today and this year. Let's pray for that spirit of gladness or praise. Let's pray for, for the, the kind of broken hearts to be bind, bound up and, in love. And let's pray for all of those things. So you can come to the front for prayer for that as well. And, and uh, Claire and David and Kathy and who else is around and, and Roz uh, and others, if you're, you're small group leaders and so on, part of our ministry team, let's pray Four people. So if you, and Taya, please, if you, um, so if there's a crowd suddenly come up and you think, I need to pray for that person, come and do that, please, please, please. So I want to do that. So Lord, just as we close, and 
you know what song you're doing. Oh, there we go. Good. Did you want your stand back? Okay. Father God, just as we close now, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word to us. Your word of encouragement to to put out those nets afresh, even though we feel like we've been fishing all night. And some people here have been fishing for 35 years in this place. But Lord, that we would put those nets out again. But also that you have given into us, in, 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 in our foundation, that heart of God for all of those things, that, that heart to see change in people's lives, for them to be rescued, set free, restored, healed, delivered, all of that stuff, Lord. And maybe there's some people here that still need that, but we want to give thanks for what you've done, but we also want to pray for those who are still seeking you, still knocking on your door. I just invite you to come forward for those things if you want to do that now. Thank you, Jesus.